Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. The story of Jesus cannot be adequately understood apart from the world in which he lived. It was a world ruled by Rome. Jesus was born during the reign of Emperor Augustus and died under his successor, Tiberius. He was executed at the hands of a Roman governor named Pontius Pilate, who ruled Judea from 26 to 36 AD. How Rome came to be so central to this story is one of the intriguing aspects of both Roman and biblical history. Indeed, Rome's rise to power intersect at one time or another with events in the tiny Middle Eastern kingdom of Judea. By the time Jesus was born, the political intrigue had not settled in Judea. The transition to Roman rule remained a bitter pill, made more bitter still when Roman governors, accompanied inevitably by Roman legions, first set foot on Judean soil. The world into which Jesus was born was complex politically as well as culturally. Jesus was Jewish. He came from the Galilee, a region on the fringes only recently converted to Judaism, but still with a large population of non-Jews. The dominant political power, however, was Rome which came with an entirely different set of religious myths and cultural ideals. For example, the Romans worshipped thousands of gods, including the state deities, such as Jupiter, king of the gods, and Mars, god of war. Each Roman family also worshipped their own guardian spirits. According to legend, the city of Rome was founded in 753 BC by twin brothers called Romulus and Remus. Abandoned by their wicked uncle to die on the banks of the river Tiber in central Italy, the boys were rescued by a she-wolf. Then they were found and raised by a shepherd. To repay the she-wolf for her kindness, Romulus and Remus vowed to build a city in her honor, on the Palatine Hill, where she had found them. In a quarrel about the city boundaries, Remus was killed and Romulus became the first king of Rome and gave the city his name. From humble beginnings as a small group of villages, populated by criminals and runaway slaves, Rome grew to become the magnificent capital of the most powerful empire the Western world had ever seen. At first, Rome was ruled by kings, beginning traditionally with Romulus. Then, in about 509 BC, King Tarquin the Proud was expelled from Rome, and for the next 500 years, Rome became a republic. Power passed to the Senate, a lawmaking body made up of important nobles and headed by two senior officials called consuls. They were elected every year to manage the affairs of the Senate and the Roman army. By about 50 BC, Rome had conquered most of the lands around the Mediterranean. But all was not well. Rivalry between army generals and tensions between rich and poor plunged Rome into a bloody civil war. The old republic crumbled. Julius Caesar, a brilliant Roman general, was elected consul in 59 BC. After his term in office, he led the armies in Spain and France and invaded Britain briefly in 55 BC. In 49 BC, he defeated his rivals in Rome to seize power as dictator 
he was assassinated by a group of senators on March 15, 44 BC. In 27 BC, Octavian, the adopted son of Julius Caesar, became the first Roman emperor charged with restoring peace and stability to Rome. Octavian was known as Augustus, or Revered One. He was a great politician, reforming every aspect of government. Under the rule of the emperors, Rome reached its greatest extent, ruling over much of Europe, North Africa, and the Near East. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The amazing expansion and success of the Roman Empire was due largely to its army, the best trained and best equipped in the world. At first, the army was formed to protect the city of Rome and was largely made up of volunteer soldiers. Under the leadership of the general and consul Marius, the army was reorganized into a more disciplined and more efficient fighting force. Soldiers were paid wages and joined up for 20 to 25 years. For many young men from good families, the army provided a stepping stone to a glittering political career. In the army itself, ordinary soldiers were grouped into units called legions, each made up of about 5,000 men. The legions were made up of smaller units called centuries, of 80 men, commanded by soldiers called centurions. The sight of the well-trained legions of Rome marching into battle behind their standards topped by a silver eagle, the symbol of Jupiter, king of the gods, must have struck fear and trepidation into the hearts of Rome's staunchest enemies. Roman society was divided into citizens and non-citizens. There were three classes of citizens, patricians, the richest and most influential aristocrats, equities, the wealthy merchants, and plebeians, the ordinary citizens or commoners. All citizens were allowed to vote in elections and to serve in the army. They were also allowed to wear togas. Non-citizens included provincials, people who lived outside Rome itself, but in territory under Roman rule, and slaves. Slaves had no rights or status. They were owned by wealthy citizens or by the government and did all the hardest, dirtiest jobs on which the Roman Empire heavily relied. Many slaves were treated cruelly, but some were well looked after, and even paid a wage so that they could eventually buy their freedom. Most upper-class Romans followed careers in politics or the army. Poorer citizens worked as farmers, shopkeepers, or craft workers. 
building, mining, and all hard manual labor was done by the vast workforce of slaves. A Roman woman's life largely depended on how rich or poor she was. Wealthy women did not go out to work. They were expected to run the home and have children. Poorer women worked on farms, in shops, and as needlewomen. Rome was entering its heyday of political and cultural domination under the first emperor, Caesar Augustus. Inscriptions, coins, and popular literature spelled it out. This was the new golden age of Rome, and Augustus was the shining beacon of Rome's power and prestige. The slogan of the time was Pax Augusta, meaning Augustan Peace, or the more well known Pax Romana, Roman Peace. In 63 BC, Rome intervened in a Judean civil war, but the peace came at a high price. For Rome now began to look on Judea as a protectorate with appointed regional governors. One of them was Herod. During several decades, Herod consolidated his power in the region and built a prosperous kingdom with numerous alliances. In some quarters, he was viewed as unworthy to be the king of the Jews. Nonetheless, he ruled successfully for over 30 years. Herod gets a bad reputation in both Jewish and Christian tradition. In part, it may be well deserved, for he is reputed to have been ruthless in removing any potential rivals for the throne, even members of his own family. He likely did have a hand in the mysterious death of at least one of his wives and several of his own adult children. These stories of Herod's monstrous behavior. Are probably exaggerated from much later and somewhat legendary sources. In fact, Herod was in many ways a capable, though tyrannical, administrator. But then, ruthless efficiency was not a vice in Roman provincial organization. Join in the conversation on all my social media accounts using the links provided in the show notes. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you. For sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90 day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90 day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's 
H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.